It's the success line. This is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential. Every week, a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director Ben Fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson. Now here he is, Ben Fairfield. Hey everyone, welcome to the success line. I'm excited to be with you today with a special guest, uh, Miss Lisa Thomas. Lisa, how are you? Yay! I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. So, so tell us who is Lisa and where are you located? What's your what's your background? Lisa Thomas. I am in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, I was born and raised, as they say, here in North Carolina. Moved away for a short time, but came back and have been here ever since. Um, I'm a commercial real estate broker. I have been doing this for a very, very, very long time. <laughs> Don't ask me the number. <laughs> I was two when I started. Um, uh, and in addition to commercial real estate, I also have a, um, a sort of ran a parallel interest in, I have psych- psychology, some psychology background as well with the psychology um, undergraduate degree, and I had a, um, a a life coach certification from another company. I was super excited to have just gone through the success coaching certification as well. Absolutely. So it awesome. was fantastic. Anyone who's considering it, do it, do it, do it. It was fantastic. <laughs> Well, I, I know we uh, we got to spend some time together in that, uh, a little over 50 hours to be exact, and a um, lot of good takeaways. And if my notes here are correct, that may be one of the reasons that you're here today based on the question you have. So let's let's unpack what's, uh, what's bringing you here today and what are we going to work on together? That is what brings me here today. So um, I, I mentioned the concurrent, um, is that the right word? Concurrent? Yeah. um kind of interest which which um has been psychology and things related and then real estate has been my career but but all things kind of psychology related have been my hobby passion interest um and so when you look back on your life and you think if I hadn't taken the path that I had taken, what might I have done? And I probably would have furthered the psychology interest and done something in that field. So what kind of excites me does excite me is um, coaching is a way to um, further that interest. And yet I do also have many, many years of, commercial real estate experience now. And um, in fact, I just had my personal best transaction in in the field. And so I've reached, I say that just to say that I've reached a point where there are people who come to me and say, teach me, train me commercial real estate. So I hate to just throw that experience and opportunity away I mean, it's something I can certainly do and and perhaps should do. 
and monetize in some way. But then I also have this shiny new success coaching certification that I'd like to do something with. So the question being, how do I, can I marry the two? And if so, how do I marry the two? Got it. it possible? Yeah. So, so your, your current business and the business you want to build. Yes. And you're wanting to know how do we do these concurrently, right? So yes, (laughs) I love this question and I didn't see it literally until two minutes ago. So I just saw it, uh, but I love it because I think this is applicable to any entrepreneur listening out there. Right. Because there are so many people that are starting businesses or want to start businesses, yet they they have to do the the job they have Mm -hmm. while they're building the job they want or the career or the business they want. So uh, so I I think it's definitely an exciting topic and I'm excited to go through it with you. So uh, you know how this works. I'm going to ask you some questions just so I can get clarification. So so what uh, specifically, it doesn't have to be super in depth, but what about the psychology and the coaching aspect are you drawn to? What, What excites you about those things? Let the chunking begin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and she's not talking about throwing up. She's talking about a coaching technique called chunking. Yes. Yes, we're going to chunk right away. Um, you know, this is going to, I don't know if this is going to, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, right? So um, in commercial real estate, in any field, People talk a lot about, oh, I just love the excitement of seeing people realize their dreams and achieve their goals and, and that sort of thing. And in my counterparts who do residential real estate, I think it's more apparent for them mm-hmm. because there's the picture in front of the house and the kids of the playground, you know, the yard, and 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 you really get to see people's excitement and in commercial real estate, it's just not like that at all. I mean, pretty you know, void of emotion. Oh, there's it, as little <laughs> as little as possible emotion, yep. and so and no one's ever jumping up and down. You know what I mean? It's just a different experience. So I don't really get that. Yes, do I help people achieve their dreams and goal financial goals? Y- yes, and that's great, but it's not as evident. It's not really apparent. Um. Whereas with psychology and the things that I do, I mean, even just to use an example with, with, with the success coaching certification, we had a breakout and, and where we were practicing with each other. And in one of the breakout sessions, one of the guys that I was working with had a, had a breakthrough and he just, I said, did you, you know, I remember telling you, I wasn't supposed to say, did you hear what you just said? (laughs) You know, I wasn't supposed to do that, but I did because it was exciting. But uh, I mean, it was exciting and I love doing that with people and all of my life, my friends and people who've known me well have said, I seem to have a natural inclination to a natural ability to have those conversations with people, hear what's said, hear what's not said, that sort of thing. So it's just, it's something I have a natural inclination towards and also just really enjoy that opportunity to do that with people. Okay. So it's it, what I'm hearing and correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm hearing is that it's really, it's touching maybe passion and purpose more than commercial real estate does on its own. Yes, for sure. Okay. For sure. So, so just for clarification, I think I know the answer, but you know what they say about assuming uh, you're not, you're not going to stop doing commercial real estate. You're just wondering how do I build another one up beside this so I can keep both of them going. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. 
And, and, okay. and primarily because I, I don't think I, I'm not, I can't just stop the engine that feeds me. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Again, well, that's where I'm sure at least like ton of people listening right now are in the same exact boat. Like you don't have to hate your job to want to start a new one, mm-hmm. but you may be getting pulled by purpose and passion to do something else. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you have to cold turkey what you're doing now. Yet mm-hmm. again, here we are to this question, like how do we do both? So mm-hmm. um I think this is really, really awesome. So tell me too, if you will, really quickly, why why commercial real estate? What got you into that in the first place? Ooh, um, I'm, I am forever challenging myself. If if you know, I'm pretty passionate about learning and pushing, pushing. There's always something new. I'll never stop. My m- mother asks me all the time, "Why are you taking all these classes? When are they going to stop?" <laughs> Probably never. I mean, I just enjoy learning, taking classes, learning new aspects of whatever I'm, anything I'm doing. So um, I forgot the question now. What got you into commercial? What drew you to that? So I did start in residential many years ago and I, and I set a course, a path to do work in, get familiar, right? Get familiar with each aspect of that. And I did. And once I had, I said, okay, what's my next challenge? So then I got into commercial and did the same thing with it. I so I'm um, referred to as um, lots of commercial brokers will choose a niche. And mm-hmm. in, in fact, we're it's recommended that you choose a, a niche, whether it be multifamily or this or that or the other, leasing, tenant rep, you know, and I didn't. I did them all. So I'm referred to as a generalist. Which again would benefit me from a if if I were to try to start teaching people and and start an education component. Um, being a generalist would help me would benefit me to do that because I haven't just learned one niche. I've got a general background in them all. Got it. Okay. And what did you do before real estate, Lisa? <sighs> Nothing. Uh, okay, no. <laughs> so straight into real estate. Okay, pretty much, pretty much. Got pretty it. Much. Okay, so so ultimately, what I'm hearing is that you're driven by challenge, uh, mm-hmm. which again, not unlike a lot of other entrepreneurs. So I know everyone listening is like nodding along, and they can relate to this. So that's mm-hmm. good. Um, so so that being said, where where have you seen that the being driven by challenge? Where in the past have you seen that serve you well, and where have you seen that not serve you well? Well. Going back to another success coaching example, uh, my my success wheel is a cinder block. <laughs> <laughs> so success wheel, uh, if you all want a copy of it, you can go to successwheeldownload.com. You can get your own. That's what she's referring to. It's like the life wheel on steroids. It goes much deeper, free to anyone who wants it. So instead of being round, which is ideal or roundish, you're saying mm-hmm. yours is a uh, rectangle. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. <laughs> It's okay. so embarrassing. I just was dreading the day you said everybody hold yours up because all I do is work and work and study and work and study and mm-hmm, there you go. Okay. Right. So so help me uh, as we're we're going through this. So we're we've got commercial real estate. You've been doing it a long time. Uh, you enjoy aspects of it, and it's not. It's not meeting all of the passion and purpose needs. And yet this coaching thing has over time come to the surface as a strength you have and an interest you have, a way to help people. So, so now we're looking at how do we, how do we stand 
the coaching practice up alongside of of what you're already doing. So so that being said, you've got a cinder block for a life wheel. Your words. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so you got a cinder block here. So so right out of the gates, I, I want to just get your take and where you're at right now. Like how how do we start standing up another business with a cinder block? Mm. Well, I have some ideas, which would be, for instance, as a broke my li- my license is with EXP Commercial, um, and there are lots and lots of residential agents who want to learn commercial. So, I mean, there's an obvious avenue I could take, which is to um, bring people, build a team at EXP, have um, People on my team who want to learn commercial, I could teach them. Um, And then I could somehow incorporate my coaching in with their real estate training. And, uh, you know, EXP talks a lot about um, recruiting. And so for me, it would be an advantage to learn from me versus someone else teaching commercial real estate because I can, I do have this other component that I could build into it, which is the coaching. Okay. So that's one thing so, I've thought about. Okay. So your, so your life wheel, when you say cinder block, meaning you've got some areas that are good and other areas that are, are flat or not what you want them to be. Right. And mm-hmm. so um, it's speaking to being out of balance, which again, separate conversation. There's no such thing as complete balance. There's no such thing as a perfectly round life wheel. Um, there, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about that offline and we've talked in other episodes about that yet, yet we're always striving to get it as roundish as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, knowing that, that some things in life are, um, are a rubber ball and other things are a glass ball, mm. knowing that we can let things that are a rubber ball drop and they'll bounce and that they'll be okay. Yet other things, if we let go, they'll shatter and we'll never be able to put them back together. What areas on your life wheel that you see right now, again, that, you know what the shape is. I mean, you're, you used a visual description for us, but but you know what it is and you know the areas and you don't have to share any of the specifics. But my question is, which of those areas are that are flat are made of glass versus a bouncy ball that, that won't shatter when it hits the ground? Well, um, painful statement to make, but, uh, you know, my family's neglected. <laughs> okay. I don't yeah. spend, I don't spend as much time. I don't spend as much time with them as I should. And, um, you know, that's, that's certainly a glass ball because will they always be there for me? Yes, but they may not always be here forever. So that's not something you want to take for granted, um, ever. And my thinking to answer your question kind of twofold, my thinking about how the, how, if I could incorporate real estate and, and coaching together, one thing I didn't mention that's important to this question is right now I cannot do all, I have more leads and opportunities than I can personally get to myself. I can't service them all. And so that leads to my being so out of balance because I don't have any time left over as I'm trying to service all the, the opportunities that I have. I don't have any time left over for any to round out my wheel. 
And so if I built a team, my thinking is if I built a team, then some of that as, as training opportunities, I could share some of those, some of that uh, work with other people who would enjoy learning from helping me. And then that could enable me to free up some time to make my wheel round. Sure. Well, and, and this, you, you got there beautifully. Mm. Um, the challenge with starting something else before we address what, what you just said and where I think we hope we'll go deeper here before we address that, if we go to start something else, the likelihood of it succeeding is probably fairly low, right? And this is the true for all of us, for me, for any entrepreneur listening, that that time is the, I just posted this the other day on social media, time is the one commodity we cannot make more of. Mm. So, so we're all bound by it, yet some do amazing amounts of work and accomplish amazing feats in the same amount of time that others don't. Mm-hmm. And it's not often just a matter of capability or ability. It's a matter of allocation of the time. How are we leveraging and using that resource? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so what would you say would be the likelihood of your success in starting a coaching practice without first figuring out the time element? Mm. Mm. I can't even answer. You'd have to ask me again another way. <laughs> so if, if you don't figure out a way to um, to fix the time allocation in your world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't figure out how to fix that, what would what would the likelihood be, do you think, of your mm-hmm. success starting a coaching practice, um, trying to skip that step or moving quickly through it without actually addressing it? Right. It's not going to work. It's not so, going to work. So ultimately, I, I would say that's probably the starting point. Now, again, uh, I'm not saying that this is the end-all, be-all. This is the absolute answer, but one area because it came to your mind first. I didn't lead at all and say which area of the, the life wheel. I asked you which one stood out first and it was family, but it came back to, right? It came back to time, mm-hmm. right? Not having the time to allocate uh, as you would have desired. So, uh, so let's talk about that time thing because again, we're all bound by it. Um, we, can't, we can't escape it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yet some people figure out how to bend it and master it and, and others don't. And so uh, really, until we get that part figured out, adding anything is going to do um, only one thing, and that's cause the the glass ball to to fall and, and shatter. Make it worse. Uh, which is yeah, which is not something that that I guess you're willing to do. Am I fair in assuming that? You are, um, and nor can I, because I am literally, you know, the the time component's already a problem. So to make it worse. It can't get worse. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying there's lots of opportunity is what I'm hearing you say. <laughs> okay. Improvement. Yes. So, so let's talk about um, leverage, if you don't mind. So um, I think this is one area that, that I, everyone listening is, is probably thinking the same thing you are. And if anyone says they don't have a challenge uh, with more to do than they have time to do it, then they're probably not doing big enough things, right? So this is a real problem faced by real people that are doing real things in the real world, um, leverage is the, the, the necessary conversation from my perspective. And we know that leverage can take three forms, right? It can be a system, it can be a tool, or it can be people. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people rush, especially in the real estate world, because it sounds super sexy to say, I have people on my team. I have people. Mm-hmm. It sounds cool. A lot of people mm-hmm. rush to people. Yet what mm-hmm. we know is if we skip the other two steps, the systems and the tools, and we add people, those people won't be our people for very long. No. 
No. So, so what? Uh, as we're as we're talking through this, I, I just love to hear what's on your mind when we're talking about leverage specifically. Let's look at each one of these. Let's start with systems. What what systems uh, are missing from your world right now that that you can think of that that may help you uh, better allocate the time, manage the time, that thought process? Can I back up just a hair? Of course. Thought before I forget it. So the people part is actually what has. Uh, been the reason that I haven't pursued uh, any of what I'm discussing, describing yet. And the reason being, um, these may be limiting beliefs. However, they're beliefs that have been bouncing around in my, in my melon. And one of them is um, I've heard people that have a lot of, have big teams say of people say, you know, you spend a lot of time training people what they want to learn. And then as soon as they get trained, they leave and you have Mm. to start all over again. And all you've done is increase your workload because you've added this training component to the work that you're doing. And, um, and the second part was the second part, which is, the idea in bringing on people and building a team would be to help to offset some of your work, but all it really does is increase your work because now you're teaching, now you're training, now you're answering questions, now you're, you know, fielding calls. So it's sort of a double-edged sword. It feels like a catch-22. Like this is the only avenue I can see to remedy, to get where I want to go. And yet there's lots of lions and tires and bears on that road. <laughs> Business would be easy if it weren't for the humans. Right. right? So the people element is the number one thing that causes most entrepreneurs not to grow uh, their business. Right. Right. What we also know, to your point, I've seen a lot of small teams drastically outperform large teams. Mm -hmm. And again, this comes back to, I think, this this societal uh, view on teams that the bigger we make the team, the cooler we are, the more powerful we are, the more recognition we'll get. And there's nothing wrong with large teams. If that's if that's your thing, then great. However, a lot of people go that direction without a good reason. And so I've seen a lot of very small, tight-knit, right-fit people outperform massive teams that have a huge churn rate. Now, you may be thinking of this too. So I'm a certified coach with John Maxwell. And, and Maxwell is famous for saying, and he said it multiple times in live events with us too, but he, he said that he's got a lot of people that have said to him, what if I train these people? They come on my team, I give them what they're looking for, I train them, and then they leave. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he kind of laughed and he said, I think you're asking the wrong question. And the person he was speaking to said, well, what do you mean? He said, I think the right question is, what if I don't train them and they stay? Mm. Worse. So, so here's <laughs> what we know. You've got an inclination and you have your passion and purpose that's overlapping to some degree on the coaching and the training side. Mm-hmm. This feasibly gives you the op- opportunity to combine those two passions and those two loves. Um, and so will some people leave? Absolutely. There is no company with 100% employee retention. Unfortunately, it's just not realistic. And uh, knowing you, knowing the level of coaching that you desire to provide these folks and, and with the right systems for uh, intake, like with the DISC behavioral profile through Dr. Abelson, like we've, we are, you're certified in that as well because you went mm-hmm. through the certification program. Mm-hmm. Um, using the right systems on the front end, you give yourself a better chance of finding the right people. You made so, me feel better already. <laughs> feel better not, already. It's not, it's not easy. It's, it's not without hard work, 
but it's not as complicated as most people make it out to be. We tell ourselves some pretty scary stories on the front end of a journey. Mm-hmm. And, and most of the time, you know, fears of, of false evidence appearing real. Most of the time, what we're most fearful of either doesn't show up at all or doesn't show up to the extent that we think it might. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, it prevents a lot of people from taking the action necessary. So in your case, again, uh, and not that you were saying this, but I see a ton of people that, that they say, OK, I can wrap my head around getting people. I need to grow a team with people, whether that's two or 200, whatever the number I need to grow with people. And they go straight to adding people. Well, mm-hmm. the problem is if you have a business already there, you don't have enough time in the day to do the things. It tells me that you're likely missing some tools and systems that could help that. And if you add people to the mix, you're only making a, a small problem a big one. You're mm-hmm. not fixing anything. And then that leads to frustration. And that's what leads people to seek other opportunities. So so internally in your business, what, what tools or systems uh, do you feel are lacking or in what areas are you lacking tools and systems currently that could help in that process? Well, um, at the most basic level, I need some administrative and marketing kind of help, which that type of thing is not uh, finding help with someone. To, to, to So, for example, right now I do everything. I do all my own paperwork, contracts, marketing pieces, everything. So the challenge is to find someone to help you in your field, you need someone who knows your field. So, um, and in particular with commercial real estate versus residential, we don't even, we don't use standardized forms the way residential um, agents really have north, um, you know, uh, forms standardized for each state. Sure. And um, commercial does does have them, but no, they don't use them <laughs> because you everything is so customized. And then you write it up, you send it. Each person sends it to their attorney who goes over it, and it, you know, so it's not cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. So it's difficult to have someone to do those things for me who do, unless they speak the language. Sure. Okay. So this brings up another good point for a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people have coached. So what I would challenge you to do, Lisa, is, and it's not going to be an in this moment, you're going to have it all figured out, but, but something I would challenge you to be thinking on over the course of the next seven to 10 days is literally getting out a sheet of paper, drawing a line down the middle on the left-hand side are tasks that only I can do. And on the right-hand side, it's tasks that others should be doing. Mm-hmm. Because as entrepreneurs, again, a lot of the time, we like to tell ourselves that we have to be the ones doing all the things. Now, there are, in this example, like what you just said, that has to be you doing that. You have the license from legal perspective. You have to be the one doing the contracts. Yet there are a lot of other tasks that are taking your time that -hmm. don't require you doing them. And they don't necessarily require somebody who understands commercial real estate to do them if... We have a list of them and we come up with a system that makes it a process that we can hand to somebody as a checklist and say, go. Yes. And after two times, now they do know it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, and that's the, the entrepreneurs, yeah. one of their biggest traps is that everything lives in their own head. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And very few entrepreneurs have things actually documented and systematized. And the problem is, if you haven't read The E-Myth Revisited, Michael Gerber, you should check it out. It's a great book. But he talks about there's this there's this thought that every entrepreneur thinks that because I'm good at a thing, that I'm going to be a great business owner. And those are two completely separate things most times. Right, right, right. Like we can be great technicians and we can be horrible business owners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes. now it doesn't mean we can't learn how to be uh, a successful and effective business leader and, and a business owner but it does not infer that we automatically understand it and know it. And a lot of it starts like this. I'll use the example he uses in the book, McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Now, people can go anywhere in the world and order the same food, and they're going to get the same product every time, mm-hmm. delivered in large part, at least in the States, by high school age kids. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not the best burger in the world, but it's super consistent, and it's because the entire process, start to finish, is documented and systematized. So, so my challenge for you is to think through your business, have that one page, draw a line and think through all the different tasks that I do. What are the things that only I can do or what are the things that, that other people could do? Mm-hmm. And that starts opening up your, your mind to seeing, okay, there is a lot of the stuff that I'm, that I'm doing that necessarily doesn't have to be me doing it. The other mm-hmm. way that we've done this before too is I've had coaching clients, if they use Google Calendar, actually color code their calendar. And so as, as you're looking uh, back at a week or as you're, you're forecasting or projecting into the coming week, you, you label everything that's your top 20%, meaning the stuff that only you can do, the stuff that, that moves the needle, that makes you money. You, you label that in a green. You color those items green. And everything else you do, and this is just the simplistic version, everything else you put in a blue. And then at the end of every week, you can audit where am I spending more of my time? And it becomes very painful <laughs> for, for most people when they actually do this for a couple of weeks in a row and they see how much of their good time they're giving to average things. They're giving to things that don't need to, to be done by them, that aren't required right. to be done by them. And we can't free up our, we, again, we all have the same amount of time. We can't free up our time until we audit how we're currently using it and find pieces that we can give and leverage to other folks or systems or tools. Got it. Got it. This is helpful. Very helpful. You should do this for a living. <laughs> well, the good news is we're not done yet. So, <laughs> so that's that's systems, tools, and people. That's the the leverage component of it. Um, you know, so that this this again is going to help free up the time. However, if you are a habitual workaholic, which I'm guessing you are, because you're a driven entrepreneur. Um, Freeing up the time is only half the battle because if you free it up without making change, the work is just going to consume and eat up the time that you freed up from the mundane stuff. So, so let's let's talk there if you're good with that. So, what does it need to look like for you uh, in in your allocation of time as you're freeing it up? Like, what has to change in order for things to change for you in regards to how you spend your time or allocate your time, so that you're not a cinder block um, and you're more of an oval. Or a circle. <laughs> um, so I can't say no. Every time I get new leads, you know, I had made a decision that I was going to take some time in between Christmas and New Year's. Um, I had a a really great a- achievement, personal, um, professional on Christmas Eve. And I said, okay, I'm going to take the rest of the year off. Did I do it? No. Cause the phone rang and, you know, leads and opportunities came in and I, so 
sat right here. <laughs> it continued working when I said I wasn't. And so I never, I never rest. And I've got to, um, I've got to find a way to, as you said, identify the tools and the systems, get them working for me, get some other people that I can call and say, you know, I, would you like to work on this one and, and hand it off and I'll, I'll help you with it, but I'm not having to be 100% all day on it. So absolutely, I have to get to that point. Okay. So I'm, you know, I can't pass this one up and you're going to laugh when you hear it because you're a coach too. Uh, <laughs> you said, I can't say Ooh! no. Well, you know what? I hear what you're. I hear what you're not saying. <laughs> and yet, if I'm being honest, that is a true statement for me at this point. Is I as I I'm, I'm blocked up sure. from the ability. Let me give you an extreme example. An extreme okay. example that'll make the point. If okay. I asked you, if I asked you to go drive your car into the lake, mm -hmm. could you could you tell me no? Most likely. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you have the ability, you just haven't yet created the habit or the discipline of being able to regularly say no. Right. That's a better way of putting it. You're exactly right. We don't want it to be a limiting belief that sticks with us. So so it's I have the ability. I just haven't figured out how to create the habit of saying no, because what we know is we have to say no to a lot of good things in order to be able to and position ourselves to say yes to a few great ones. Right. So it's not that you can't do it. You just haven't figured out that rhythm yet. And no mm. doubt, uh, no doubt that you will. So so with that, let's talk about this because you're talking about this personal space. Uh, let's pretend you take vacation mm -hmm. uh, because I'm sure you've taken at least one in your lifetime. So what happens to productivity the week before you're going on vacation and everyone right. else listening? Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody knows you, you, you're you wildly productive the day before you leave. We become productivity ninjas. Now, that yes. doesn't make any sense on its face because what the heck, it's the same week we had before. So what's the mm -hmm. difference? Right, 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 right. Uh, you're just very, very focused. And, and very, more purposeful, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I so, want to catch that plane on time. Absolutely. You've got that, you've got that carrot dangling out there saying, I'm, I'm getting to get a reprieve. I get to have a reward on the horizon. So, so my challenge to you and I, I all the people that I work with one-on-one, -on -one, I challenge to do this as well, that, that your days off need to be blocked in the calendar as a recurring event in Gmail calendar. Your vacations need to already be on the calendar because most people block work stuff first and try to fit life around it. Mm-hmm. And it's the saddest thing that I've ever heard and continue to hear from people time and time and time again, because but the, the, the Regrets of the Dying, that book is a wonderful book. Not one of those people cited in that book ever said, I wish I would have worked more. Right. Not one of them said ever, I wish I would have taken fewer vacations. The regrets right. all were around, I worked too much. I didn't take enough breaks. I didn't have experiences with the people I cared about. And the reason for a lot of that with a lot of people is we block work in first and force life to fit around it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about the vacation phenomenon is that we've proven to ourselves time and time again that we can actually do it the other way around. And we should, I would argue, do it the other way around. Mm -hmm. Our rest days and our vacations should be in first and we should force work to fit in around those things. Because mm -hmm. we'll get the job done. When we have those little carrots, we'll be more well-rested, we'll be more energized, we'll produce better work. We're going to show up and be better all around, even though it's a shorter amount of time because we're more purposeful because we know what we're doing it for and we see the little reward on the horizon. Does that make sense? It does. I would say 
the challenge as a uh, someone who's self-employed versus someone on a salary is you feel like you have to, I feel like that what keeps me overworking is to work enough to have the ability to take the flight to go to the place. <laughs> sure. You know, so it's a little different than someone who's on a salary. Absolutely. And and I I was self-employed for a number of years, so I completely appreciate what you're saying there. What I could also tell you um, is we could start small. Mm-hmm. So it could be weekend weekends away once a month. Mm-hmm. It could be somewhere you drive to. It could be two days. Like we all can do that. No one's going to die or no building's going to burn down because we're gone two days a month without our phone. Right. So ultimately, though, it comes back to how purposeful are we being with allocating our time? And that doesn't just mean for work. It means for our own rest, because if we just work all the time, uh, there are a couple of different studies and I don't remember where where they came from. So I don't want to cite them, but there are a couple of studies. You can find them online of workplace effectiveness for those that didn't take vacation versus those that did. Mm-hmm. And the effectiveness for those that actually were purposeful about carving out time for themselves, their effectiveness was multiple times greater than those who were in the office all the time and never, ever left and never did anything for themselves and were always working. Right. And had a square wheel. <laughs> so there's a balance there. It doesn't mean you have to take seven weeks vacation a year, but but what can my question to you rhetorically for you to be thinking about is where in this coming year can you book something? Doesn't matter mm. where, doesn't matter how long, but something to where you know I'm not working in this time frame and I can be looking forward to it along the way. Yes. I would love to do that. So you would love to or you will? I need to. I am. I will. I will. I yes. love it. I yes. love it. All right. So so we've, we've covered a lot of ground, Lisa. There's <laughs> there's a fair amount of stuff here. Um, all of that said, I, I like to end these the same way every time because we can we can talk till we're both blue in the face, but execution is what really matters. So based on what we talked about today, what's your commitment so that we can make sure this is practical for you and it actually has some, some uh, desired impact? What's my commitment? What's my commitment? Well, I've actually thought of several. Um, you know, I've been working on, um, I'm almost embarrassed to say this <laughs> because <laughs> this is, sounds like the wrong answer, but, you know, I've been working on planning the year in advance for things like, um, you know, budget your year in advance and plan for planning ahead for things. And so I do it, I've been working on that in a number of other ways. And what I need to also include are, you know, where are you going to go and when? Some time for myself, like you said. Um, while you're planning on the budgeting, while you're planning on all those other things, how about a weekend somewhere? How about some time for Lisa to regroup? So um, that would be easy to and important to factor in along with the other things. Um and the task bar, in effect, what I was thinking is that uh, the task bar of things that only I can do versus things that others could could do for me, with me, um, in effect, that would become a job description. Really. So, well, you know, that other side of the D bar would end up being what you are looking for someone to do. It's, it would in effect become a job description. 
And in the process, you're proving to yourself that it can be done by other people, that you're okay with it being done by other people. And you get to a point where you would never take those tasks back for all the money in the world (laughs) because you freed up your time to do more of what you choose to invest your time in. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So those are two things. Is that good? I love it. That's awesome, Lisa. (laughs) That's awesome. Uh, I really, really appreciate you coming on. It's been fun. I hope it was helpful. You got a couple of takeaways. Uh, And uh, definitely, we're going to be checking in, but definitely keep me in the loop as to how you're doing implementing those. We definitely want to give an update to everybody. Okay. Thank you so much for talking with me and for having me today on your show, your awesome, awesome, awesome show. Wow. So Lisa's question, her plight, her, her, I'm doing my job now and I want to build the job that I desire to have in the future, this business I want to grow. Uh, and this, this is felt and experienced by so many of you. We get emails and phone calls and you've been in coaching trainings with me. I, I hear this so often uh, that I'm hoping you could identify with Lisa. Like, here's what I'm doing and I enjoy parts of it and I want to do this other thing at the same time and how do I do both? So uh, just wanted to share a couple recap thoughts here for you on this one. First, uh, making sure that before we add people to the mix that we have our systems and our tools in place. Simply adding people to the mix into a chaotic mix doesn't fix anything. It doesn't move the needle. It doesn't solve a problem. And ultimately, you'll end up taking that job back. So I'm going to challenge you all to do the same exercise I challenged Lisa to do. Draw a line down the middle of a page. And on the left hand, it's jobs that only I can do. And on the right hand side are tasks or jobs that others should be doing. Only when you audit the way you're currently using your time can you effectively make changes to how you're using your time and how you allocate time. This is the secret, not that it's a secret, but this is the secret to how people bend time and get more done in less time than many of their counterparts. Auditing how you're using your time, time blocking on a calendar, color coding so you can look back and see where was the majority of my time spent. Was it in tasks that only I can do or was it in tasks that others should be doing with or for me? It's an age old problem. However, the solution's not not hard, but it will take time and intention. I, I trust that you're going to implement what you heard, and we'd love to hear how it's working for you. So that's what we have this week on the success line. Please definitely connect with me over on social media. Instagram's where I'm most active, at Ben Fairfield. Lots of private messages from a lot of you listeners happening there, and I absolutely love communicating with you. So if you have a question, let me know. Also, apply to be on the success line. I'd love to have you here with us. Until next week, we'll see you then. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.